Hey guys, it's 8 Nobody. Before we start today's episode, just take a second to talk about our sponsor, Sinister Jerky, and you can find that at www.sinisterjerky.com. They have all sorts of flavors from Carnage Asada, OG, the Pickle, which is made with dill flavoring, Cracked Pepper, Mango Habanero, and Sriracha Smoke. All these flavors are amazing. I've tried them all personally, and I cannot recommend them enough. Use code KINGDOM at checkout. For a 10% discount, that code is KINGDOM, K-I-N-G-D-O-M. All right, guys, we'll catch you after the episode. All right, welcome back to CastleComs, episode 43. I'm fucking hungover from an Oktoberfest party, and we got Silverman joining us, the drummer, the gamer, the man, the legend. How you doing today, man? Hey, yo! What's good, dude? How are you doing today on this fine Sunday afternoon? Well, you know, I'm sur- I'm, I'm surviving. I, I kind of went heavy on the brats and kraut and beer and mustard and Oktoberfest cleavage. I am recovering, <laughs> to say the least. He's full of glizzies, everyone. You heard it first, right here. <laughs> I am not arguing any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been actually craving cheese dogs recently. I don't know why. Oh, they're so good. Like, it's one of those things where cheese dogs, they're either done really, really well, or they taste like shit and they give you immediate gas and diarrhea. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. No, no, not you at all. Put I, that I, in I, a pretzel I'm bun? Like Nathan's dog kind of guy. You're Nathan's guy. All right, all right. Do you, do you like going to baseball games or going to Costco just for the hot dogs? No, I'm not a Costco enjoyer, and um, baseball games are just really boring to me. I like going for the experience like when I was a little kid and stuff, but... Uh, right. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I got fucking Phillies tickets. Let's go. Yeah, you're not one of those guys in the front row. Like, hey, maybe the Philly fanatic will acknowledge me and my life will have meaning. That's, I mean, Philly fanatic, he's he's a baller, man. He is a baller. Right. And uh, he's such a baller, the Simpsons had to rip him off with the big city beeper. (laughs) Oh, you're right, actually. I forgot about that. I didn't even put those correlations together. Yeah, that's just, you know, flattery. Imitation is the highest form of flattery. So you know they say the Simpsons know the future. You know, I've heard that, and, like, okay, there are some, like, certain ones that are a little weird, like the Trump going down the escalator or the 9-11, like, flyer, the one where his, like, car gets, like, you know, impounded in between the Twin Towers. So, yeah, there, there were some moments that were just, like, little head-scratching. But now you see a bunch of fake videos, like, you know, people put up, like, real fake stuff that's obviously doctored just for, like, YouTube clicks. So, it's at this point, it's hard to know what's real and what's just bullshit. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So. Simpsons go to. Oh, yeah, Simpsons go all over the place. Like, did you grow up watching The Simpsons, or were you, like, a latecomer oh, to sure. The Simpsons? No, I was born in 88, so Simpsons oh, same. was high tier for me. So, what, that was, like, my first introduction to real political and social commentary and satire. Now, for that show, was it one of those shows that you looked forward to seeing every day, every week, or was it one of those things where you just caught it when it was on? I think when I was young, like I didn't really understand like the whole guides and everything. I never really like looking at them. So if it was on, I was just watching it. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, the TV guy. It's so funny how you know now you can just hit your remote and you can go to the TV guy channel and you can scroll all you want. But, like, you had to go to a specific channel, and you had to wait for that, like, scrolling menu to get to your channel you were looking for. And if you looked away for a minute, you missed it. You had to sit there for a whole minute to wait for it to come back. Or you had to buy a shitty little TV guide thing from the grocery store that was outdated every week and hope that you could find whatever you're looking for in a TV yellow pages. 
These Ubers will never understand. Right? It's so funny. Like, I tried to explain <laughs> this to my younger cousin. He just looked at me like, shut up. <laughs> like, shut up, Grandpa. <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> and it made me feel old and sad. So then I drank excessively. <laughs> you know how that oh. goes. <laughs> so what was your favorite episode of The Simpsons growing up? Or did you not have one? Oh, shit. If I would say... I was thinking about it at this exact moment. What is my favorite Simpsons episode? Hmm. Probably one of the uh, Halloween of Horrors. Oh, they were so good. Dude, I haven't watched it in so long, though. Oh, you know what? I'm going to say the one where Bart breaks his leg. That's, oh, the one where Mr. Burns, like, hits him with the car. And I, he, I thought he, the, the Simpsons get a pool, right? Oh, and yeah. Bart, yeah. like, tries to jump the roof and breaks his leg and then they're all having a pool party it's just like one of the ones i just remembered off the bat i don't know that's a great one i, I like there's just so many good ones and there's so many musical moments like <laughs> who needs the quickie mart or the one where they're like mr burns is trying to make a dog suit so he buys all their puppies like it's just so many moments in the simpsons it's fucking iconic it's one of those things that i don't know if there's going to be a show that as is powerful for this upcoming generation like, you know, some people will be like, oh, Game of Thrones or something like that. But for when it comes to a long-lasting show that was good for a very long time, I don't think anything's going to touch them. Exactly. Extra four, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's people the thing. That's Family Guy, but I feel like Family Guy's falling off. Well, Seth MacFarlane makes his whole bones off of like, hey, we rely on these cutaways and we don't have to worry about the plot. Like after like season three, they stopped giving a shit about the plot. And the thing I hate about family guys, every episode, there's like at least one scene where they waste like a minute of your time. And they like laugh, like, ha you're still watching this. Even though we're wasting a minute of your time. Like the first one was when Peter hit his leg and went, ah, for like a minute. And now they have just like blatant wasting time moments. Like, like, Oh, I'm on my phone texting. You're just going to sit here and watch it. And like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get that. It's like if you can't fit 18 minutes of show time with your animation, then don't. <laughs> hey, just like weird space show now. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it, but I hear Orville? it's like yeah. I hear it's like something. It's like a Star Trek kind of show or a Star Trek. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it all entails because like I haven't no given it a shot. No time for shows anymore, really. Uh, such is the fun of getting older. So, before we get into that depressing getting older in gaming conversation, let's go back to when things were happy. When did gaming start for you? Gaming started for me literally, probably the first iteration that I would ever seen was probably an arcade. Something in the arcade at the mall and stuff like that. What right? was your arcade uh, mall game of choice? And why was it the side Oh, I was gonna say it's probably a side scroll fighter like Mortal Kombat. That's awesome. Yeah, who's yeah, your Mortal fighter, Kombat. dude? In the beginning, I just I, everyone hates him, but just I just love Scorpion. Scorpion is my man, and then it's Cyrax. So when it came to picking Scorpion, was it an aesthetic thing initially? Was it like, oh, he's yellow and he shoots like a big spear out of his hand, and or was it, it was, just like was just his moveset? Shit. He was just like, get over here! And I was like, oh my god, I want to be yelling shit at people and like killing them. Right? It's just like the only That's person I know who has this violence who yells things to the people you see on like wrestling. My parents would take me to this restaurant that was probably like an hour. 45 minutes to an hour away from our house. And uh, 
it was called the pub and we're like and uh it, just remember like the only arcade game that they had in the lobby was mortal Kombat, and they would take us there they would order and then they would just let me go to the lobby and just play until the food came that's awesome and yeah i fucking love that shit and the food would always come at the worst possible time be like i'm on the last guy <laughs> what do you mean I would always get a bacon cheeseburger from that place and that's one of those memories that's never going to go away. You're going to be like an 80-year-old man on your like couch and be like, I remember that fucking bacon yeah. cheeseburger in the Mortal Kombat. I think that place is still around. I just haven't gone to it. I think I'm going to make that a note to do soon. You should definitely keep a tracker on it because if that place ever goes out of business, they might try to sell that Mortal Kombat arcade game and you could probably swoop it. Yeah, they probably took it out so long ago. You know? how, how cool would it be to have that machine like in your house that's some bucket list shit right there it really is that's some like fuck off money kind of stuff like I need to drag down this machine so do you remember before it was like right before the original Game Boy they had like these like handheld single player pixely games but they were like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah yeah like, you remember those? And they were like this weird neon color. I think the Ninja Turtle one was like this really weird blue color. I remember like seeing really something shaped, like that. Weird shaped. Yeah, I, I never owned one personally, but I've seen them. I've seen them floating around. So yeah, those were like my first handheld, those types, and then it went to the original Game Boy. I loved the original Game went Boy. The original Super Mario. That four battery monstrosity. <laughs> It was a brick. You could knock somebody out with it. I'm going to tell you right now, to start this off, I feel so bad because there was one point in my life where I got out of video games for like a year, and I sold so much old stuff that I am kicking myself for. That could have sold for a mint if you still had it. Or just to to have it, just for the nostalgia factor. I also owned uh, Virtual Boy. Oh, you had one of those. I had one of those. I never I only had, had Virtual Boy. Mario Tennis and Wario Land. Oh, Wario those Land. Those the only two games. And you know, you know remember it looks like. It was just beat red in there. It was right. like looking, you're looking through fucking hell while playing. Right, right. It couldn't have been good for your eyes. Remember, like, now it's just like, oh, my God, get those red lasers away from your eyes. Like, dude, I subjected my eyes to so many red lasers. So you know how it had like a little stand and you would have to like lean into it? Yeah, yeah, like you were like one of those dudes in the X-Wings trying to destroy the Death Star next to Porkins. Almost right. there. Right, so sometimes after a while like that would get like, it would like hurt your back. Yeah. So I would literally just lay on my bed and just put it on my face and just play with the, uh, You're ahead of the time now. People are doing that kind of shit for watching movies on their yeah. phone on Netflix or watching 3D porn. Like, hey, it's one of those things. People do all sorts of crazy shit. Do you own VR? I do not own VR. Right now, yeah. my setup is pretty bare bones. It's, it's kind of sad because I work so damn much. My gaming... And, well, between working as much as I do, and I travel a lot for my job, between my job and just life in general, my gaming time is not not where I would like it. But you know what? That's okay. It's one of the things about having responsibilities. Bills. Yeah, exactly. Dude, two people had fucking sex, what, like 34 years ago? Now I have to go to a job? Now I have to pay bills? <laughs> Who asked for this? Not me. <laughs> right. 
right? <laughs> yeah, that's why every day when I go to work, I just text my parents, this is your fault. <laughs> you couldn't have just kept it in your pants. Now I'm here doing this. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. So when did music start for you? Was it around the same time as gaming, or did you find music later on? Well, no. <clears throat> I've always loved music. My parents would tell me that when I was a baby and certain songs would come on that I would really like, I would just go fucking buck wild and dancing and being all crazy all the time. And I remember I used to love like uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. I used to get down to them and fucking Michael Jackson. I was huge Michael Jackson when I was a little kid, just like bad. And uh, I was just, I was just a little wild kid. Nothing wrong with that. Always loved it. Music is just something that's ingrained into my brain that makes me feel good. If I am like having a bad day or something pisses me off or something and like I need to feel a better mood, I will turn on music and I will literally feel better. That or smoke some weed because that also helps me a lot. Yeah, that's that's the one thing about weed. I love how it went from our generation being like a stigmatized thing to now a more publicly acceptable, attainable thing. Like, I grew up, and one of my friends growing up got cancer, and I got to see firsthand how pot helped him develop an appetite so he could actually eat through chemo and actually dealt with the pain. So when I see these people that come out and they just say that there's no, like, you know, medicinal usage from it, it's just like, (laughs) all I can do is call bullshit. Yeah, so I was diagnosed with uh, ADHD way back, probably when I was, like, I never wanted my mom always knew that I had it because she's a physician, she's a doctor, but like I would always tell her no, like I'm not I don't want to go get that or whatever. But then one day I was like fine, whatever. Because I would always have trouble like paying attention in school, dude. I was always like going from one thing to the next, talking to everybody. Like if I really liked the subject, I would I would do it. You know what I mean? Like I graduated high school and I did everything I had to do, but I fucking slacked off a lot because I just didn't care about it. Because when your head is going so fast, when you have a topic that's very slow moving, like, hey, we're going to talk about the American Revolution. It's like, there's a lot of slow points to this. I need to be entertained. And if you have a dry teacher that doesn't meet that, like, you know, learning criteria and what you need to actually grasp and, like, retain a subject, it's not going to stick. Yeah, so they put me on Vivance, and they kept upping it and upping it, and uh, I lost like 30 pounds. I didn't want to eat nothing. I was like, I'm I, I'm not doing this anymore. I dropped it cold turkey, and I was just supplemented sativa uh, marijuana, and were you, wonders for me. Were you smoking it? Were you ingesting it? Like, what was no, the I'm, mode? I'm always smoking it, pretty much. Right. Like I know those guys do like the tinctures and like the teas and stuff, and it's just like that never that never really did it for me. Like I have shoulder be, like, pain, and smoking does the best. Kind of guy. Oh, for sure. I used to smoke cigarettes a lot. Thank God I don't anymore. Thank it's an God. ADHD thing. I, I've found a lot of people I know who have ADHD. They they like yeah. to smoke because it gives their it gives them something to do with their hands, and it's like you know a nice little thing to. Well, it's not a nice thing, exactly. but it's just something for them to do. Exactly. So. Being with such a love of music, did certain games that incorporate music make an appeal for you, like Donkey Konga or Dance Dance Revolution, like did or like Rock Band? Did any of those music-based games like affect you or like make an impact? Yeah, uh, that is a really good question. And I would 
I, I, I was saying that I like music from growing up, but I started playing the drums when I was 15. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. So then the big game, and it was never really like, oh my God, like this music is crazy until I played Halo. Yeah, I think Halo was a lot of people's like, holy shit, the score of this game. That's when I really started paying attention to like, wow, this is like a cinematic masterpiece type shit. Something was just so epic about those Gregorian monk chants. It was just one of those things where I grew up a very Catholic, like in a very Catholic family, and I went to church like constantly on Sundays. So it's just like when my friend was like, oh, you gotta hear this game. It's got like these monks singing. I was like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> And then when I actually heard it, it's like, oh, this is actually pretty sick. <laughs> but, um, so one of the big ones for me was uh, Guitar Hero. Oh, I huge, bet. Huge, huge inspiration for me. I grasp onto that so hard because I've always wanted to play guitar, but never like sat down and took the time to learn it. But I picked up Guitar Hero so fucking fast because I'm a rhythm guy. Right. It was insane. My friends, I was playing on Expert before they were like even on hard. So... Would you say you were drawn to the drums? Because to be an efficient drummer, not only do you have to have your hands, you also have to have your feet involved to keep the tempo and to hit the hi-hats and to do all that fun stuff. Do you feel like you fell into drums because it best suited your condition of ADHD for you? Probably. I never thought of it like that, but probably, dude. And so did you ever have a teacher or were you all self-taught when it came to playing music? So it a lot of the music um, from my one friend growing up in high school, his name was Mark Jambrone. He was um, like one of my best friends in high school th through middle school and high school. And his dad was a musician and I would always go over his house all the time. And Mark was also a musician. He played drums and guitar, right? So I would always go over Mark's house. And since he could play both, I was like, let me go on the drums and you play guitar. And that's where I started like first playing the drums and then like a year later my for <clears throat> holiday my parents were like all right what do you want you want a guitar or do you want drums choose it now and i chose the drums and then it all started from there pretty much so your first drum set or your first drum kit whatever you call it do you remember the exact make model and color is it like one of those things where every time someone says a drum set in your head that's the one that you picture is it that iconic for you your first set so I'm trying to think because I don't think I got like, I don't think my parents got me like a little shitty set. And I, I'm pretty sure I still have my original set to this day that I played in every single band with that's still upstairs in my room right now. It's a Yamaha stage custom sunburst orange into yellow. And I've been playing that kit my whole entire life. So when it comes to, drum kits are you the of the sound mind where it's like less is more like all you need are your toms your snare your hi-hat or are you one of these guys that has like every piece under the sun like wind chimes a gong <laughs> you know all that fun stuff no, cowbell not, no see i so i would i have uh i would say i really fucking like cymbals so i not a not I don't over overdo it. I have a normal metal drum kit symbol layout, like like a a ride, two crashes, a splash, a china, and a hi hat. Okay, so a good assortment, but all with their each individual like usage. I love yeah. I'm always like 
I like going on beat, but I love like hitting, like being able to hit like every single note, like a like a, on a guitar with my like cymbal shit. I'm just like that's what everyone always used to like compliment me on. Nice. So getting started in bands, what kind of music did you first fall into? Like I know a lot of kids when they're getting into music, the first bands they fall into are punk bands because like bands like Sonic Youth and guys like that, their instruments aren't even tuned. It's a good, it's a good entry into the genre. Or did you find yourself falling into different types of music for your first bands? So before I even found metal, I was so into rap, dude. I was like okay. the biggest into rap like any little white boy could be. Honestly. Well, we grew up during a great time for that because we had the rock rap era that was right around that time where you had bands like Sublime or, you know, just about you, you name the band. The, everyone was doing the rock rap thing, even Aerosmith. So like we found in, we, we grew up in a great time for that type of introduction. Well, it, I'm talking more like Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg type of rap, like right, right. and all that. And then when I said, when I met this guy, Mark, and he introduced me to a bunch of stuff, he was, he was the one who introduced me to all of this, this, uh, like punk rock and metal stuff because he had an older sister that was probably like five or six years older. So she was always influencing him, right. influencing me, you know, and then I would be hanging around them all the time. And then I started listening to stuff like Newfound Glory and The Used and a bunch of like good Charlotte and like, you know, like really off, like those really type of punk. The bands of the time, like Green Day. Yeah, totally. Then I heard Norma Jean. Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child. That album changed my life. I was going to ask song, you. Memphis will be laid to waste. That specific song literally put every single hair on my entire body straight up. Just goosebumps. I, I never heard anything like it before. I think everybody has that. Heard. Everybody has that one song that just hits throughout their entire life. Like when you still hear that song, do you still have those types of uh, emotions and connection to that? Yeah. It, it literally completely changed my life. Like, I did a complete like 360. No, three. It would be 180, right? Yeah, when you can, when you turn completely around, 360 is when you do a complete revolution. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. 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 And the only reason I know that is because Tony Hawk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did a complete 900. Okay. Holy crap! <laughs> do you remember? Do you were you watching that on TV when he did it? I was, and that was oh, that was one of my most like icon like. That was one of my childhood, like, oh my god, he did it! Because like, like he, it took him a lot of attempts to do it, and they just yeah. let him. They just let him go. They were like, go, do it, do it. We're not stopping until you complete this. Like, it definitely like clicked a little switch in my head of what is possible to do on a skateboard and just in general. Like, granted, like I was never great skateboarding. Like, I wanted a, like a deck, and my parents would be like, "Here's a Kmart deck. It's the same thing." It was like, it's not the same thing at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, I couldn't. I tried a lot, and I couldn't. Right? Is this one of those things where it's just like I enjoy skate culture? I love it to this day. I still watch King of the Road and all that fun stuff. But if someone was to hand me a skateboard, I'd be lost. Like, yeah, I, I can't do this. Like, this is out of my wheelhouse. What's King of the Road? King of the Road is an actually awesome thing. You know, Thrasher magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, King of the Road is a champion. Is like it's a tournament thing where they get three skate teams, 
and they give them a book of challenges and they, it's pretty much a cross country tour where they're doing these challenges and like you know a lot of them are like skate ones like oh we do a 360 on like a seven stair or and then some of them are just ridiculous like hey go into a tree and take a shit inside of a shoe kind of thing and it's like it's all recorded and it's all hilarious and you get companies like creature and joy death wish bird like you name it like anyone under the sun who has a major company that you'd see in the tony hawk iterations they send their team out to do these competitions and uh it's all on amazon if, and they have seasons and it's actually really really fun especially if you haven't watched a skate video since middle school it's it's not a bad watch yeah, um, I haven't watched Skate Video in so long. And Tony Hawk video games, speaking of him, like those were crazy big. Were you a fan of Skate, the Skate series? I was a very a big fan of the. There was only there's was there Skate and Skate Two. They- there's three, no. and I, I'm gonna blow your mind. Uh, EA is releasing the trailer for Skate Four next month. I knew. Yeah. Okay. I was huge big Skate this first Skate and Skate Two. I think. I, yeah, those games were fucking sick. And they had great soundtracks too. Do you, if you're, so you're a big skateboarder guy. I cannot remember what this game was. There was this skateboarding game where when you ollied, it went into slow motion and then you could like flick it different ways. Oh, down. oh, I, there was a, there was a few. This is, this is a PC iteration game. I know that. Uh, fuck. It's going to bother me. It's on console. It was on console. I've seen, I've seen something. Very similar on PC. It might be the same game. I, I gotta like go back and look it up. But do you remember when Tony Hawk, where they had the skateboard controller, where they're like, "This is gonna mimic writing," and like it just flopped like it ever. I don't even think it made it to like the general public. It would like show Tony Hawk like trying to like use the skate controller, like trying to put his feet certain places. Like I get the concept. Be like, hey, if you want to do a pop shove, this is where you got to put your feet, and this is how you have to kick the board. But for some reason, it never made it out of development. Like. That, that's about released it. Well, they might have released it, but I don't think it did very good because ever since I saw that as a kid, I've never seen any of those controllers out in the wild or in stores for sale. And you know what's weird? Because there's one arcade that I would always fucking play, and it was a skateboarding one where you would ride the skateboard and then you would like jump on it and then like turn it different ways to do tricks. Do you remember that game? And you would hold the bars on the side, and you just stand on the skateboard. Yeah, I remember playing something very similar to that. Uh, okay. I don't remember playing that in. I'm trying to remember if what arcade I played that in. I just remember it was something similar to that. It's uh, my arcade experiences are <laughs> just mostly like me, your Mortal Kombat. Mine was that Simpsons side scroller where you could be part Homer, Lisa, or Maggie. Or no, um, Bart, Lisa. Marge or Homer. I remember playing that one a lot. When I play arcade games, like every time I think arcade, that's the game that comes into mind. Um, but this one, there was like sidebars for you to like hold on to while you're riding this deck, if I remember correctly. Or this might be a snowboard game I'm thinking of. It's literally called Top Skater. You type in Top Skater in Google, and it's the first thing that comes up. Oh man, like this is one of those things when I have a when if I ever have a million dollars, I'm gonna build an amazing arcade in my basement and then probably waste a million dollars in electric bills. Ninety seven. <laughs> oh, that that feels like a lifetime ago. Ninety seven. It really does. So, getting back into gaming, how did you find your way to streaming? 
Now, was this just something you came across streamers and you saw them and you thought, oh, I could do that? Or did it happen through different means? So before Tarkov, I was strictly playing Destiny for the last seven years, pretty much. That game has some longevity. Like, I remember playing Destiny when it came out, and I, I'm i still surprised to this day. It's as strong as it is. The community loves it. People watch it and support it. Now, what about Destiny brought you in? Um, Number one, that it was the next thing that Bungie's putting out. That I, I loved Halo. Right. Uh, they gave it to 343, and then they didn't put anything out until Destiny. Um, the the open-worldness, the the aliens, the, the Bungie just has this way. And people can shit on Destiny all they want all the time because a lot of people do. A lot of people don't play because they say, oh, it's just the same repetitive stuff. And it is. But the gunplay is literally top tier in the business, and I will put money on that till the day I die. They make their guns so that they feel different. You, you put on a different gun and it just feels different, right? And I can't. It, it's just like, you, it's with a controller and with mouse and keyboard as well. It's just, it's just something that it's the bungee magic. That's something I do enjoy is when they take that extra step to actually have guns have a feel to them. Like you get that in Tarkov. You get that in certain games. And anytime I feel that, it's definitely appreciated because there's so many games out there where it's like you can have a pistol, an SMG, or an assault rifle, and they all shoot the same. The spray pattern's the same, you know. There's like it's <laughs> like little consequence of just holding down like you know right trigger. So when Destiny One came out, it was like that was probably around the time where I started like really <clears throat> excuse me getting into uh, like news and like updates because. In Destiny, things would just happen, like, daily. Like, crazy shit would just, like, be going on. Like, things could just... New events could be popping off. And if you weren't, like, keeping up to date with, like, say, a streamer or, like, Twitter, like, you would get left out. And that's when FOMO started hitting hard. So, like, when Destiny first started came out, it's when I got first introduced to Twitch. Nice. Now, was there a streamer in particular that you enjoyed watching when you were brought to the platform yeah it was he was he's like the he was like the dad of the destiny community his name was king gathalian okay so he was like what pestley is to tarkov exactly and i would just watch him and he was just like a guy i related to him so much you know and uh he and he would just fucking play and he was funny and you know he had a family and he was just like yeah man i'm like buying a house off this shit like it's crazy and i'm just like wow dude like he was an everyday yeah, guy it's always it's never, yeah great when you come across a streamer who's just like an everyday person like somebody who's just like you just seem like a general good dude you know those are always yeah, the ones i like so to watch and i love destiny and he loved destiny so it was just like a match made and since then i was like i had a bunch of friends who would play and you know i was like you know what Fuck it. I had the PlayStation 4 and it had just the button to click. I had the PlayStation camera. So I put it on top of my Sony Bravia 55 inch and I sat on my fucking couch and I streamed Destiny. So when you were first streaming Destiny, what was that like? Did you feel a little bit more pressure now that the cameras were on and people were watching you and commenting and stuff? Or did you try to pay it no mind? Well, it's always, it's even to this day, it's hard to not notice that 
the lights and camera and action is right in front of you. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. It's it's harder because I have my up my setup is upgraded so much, but back then it was just like a little. It's very simplistic, right? Um, and not and not nearly anybody was saying anything. You know what I mean? Right. So it was just me dipping my little tootsies in the kiddie pool. You know. Now, did you find that you were slowly getting more and more into the game because of streaming, or did you find that you were getting more and more into streaming because of the game? Um, I know it's kind of a weird question. I, I was getting more into the game. Like I've never played anything like Destiny because Destiny also had this thing called a raid that I have. I was like, hmm, what's this? Something that I've never done in video games before. A six-player activity where you don't know anything about it and you have to solve puzzles and right. bosses and you get the best loot in the game. And then once you get that loot, everyone's like, oh my God, where the fuck did you get that? You look insane. It's this instant notoriety among the community when you're walking around with like said orange gun, you know? Yeah, and I never, I was never into WoW. So I never really knew what rating was. Right. So this was my this was your wow. This was your pinnacle of gaming. It's exactly, exactly, and nothing beat it, and that's why it drew me in so fucking hard. And I was addicted. I have so, Destiny tattoos behind me. I have like literally a shrine. All the collector's editions. Fucking uh, yeah. I was gonna ask was about your Destiny life. tattoos. So, how many Destiny tattoos do you currently have? I only have two. And then um, how long were the sessions? And how many sessions did it take to complete said tattoos? So all my tattoos aren't massive. I like medium-sized. So they're all just one session, probably like two-hour jaunts. Nice. Nice. Those are the best because you go in and out. Like, I've had long sessions. And by the end of that session, it's just like, oh, my God, my side hurts so bad. But it's done. And if you would look at them, you wouldn't even know they're from Destiny, to be honest with you. Nice. It's one of those things where it's out there and the people who recognize it, recognize it. You know, it's not just like, that's the cool thing about getting tattoos like that. It's just like that. This is for those people and those people will recognize it immediately. So one of them is towards that raid thing. We would spend hours upon hours i did 23 hours in raids i did multiple times all took off work for this shit beating our heads against it and when you die you get the death screen and on the death screen there's this fucking sick ass skull and smoke with like this design around it that kind of looks like an engram at least it was something cool to look at at least it wasn't like a little like you know jurassic park newman uh uh, uh. at least it wasn't something like that (laughs) No, so I have that in like purple and black, and it has the warlock. So I'm a warlock main. That was my favorite character in Destiny. There's Titan, Hunter, and Warlock, and I was Warlock always. So I have the the little warlock logo ingrained into its forehead. That's pretty fucking sick. Do you still get down with Destiny? Um, I do. So they've gone. I don't know if you've kept up with Destiny news, but they've gone through hell and back that company they were in activision they left they they've let they've let off so many people and they've changed their they've changed their whole progression model and dlc model more times than i can count on both fucking hands 
they've they've said they were going to put um like a whole new renewed look into pvp that was two years ago and they haven't done anything about it um their their storytelling model has changed i like it but i kind of don't it's more drip feed now Mm. So it's not like it used to be when, like, uh, the Taken King on PS4, where the DLC dropped, you got it all, and you could play as much as you've wanted then. Now, you do a little bit, then you have to wait another week. You got to come back to do your chores. So you it's know? like a TV show. It's like, I got to wait for the next not episode. not valuing my time anymore. That's a bummer. So That's... I go in when the new stuff comes, and I play it, and then I go back to... Uh, Tarkov, because I'm I'm strictly mained up on Tarkov. That's what my content is focusing on currently okay. and has been for like the last year. So, or so Tarkov. I know there's been a lot of talk, and we're getting towards the end of this wipe. Where does this wipe stand for you in terms of wipes? Is this your favorite one? Your least favorite one? Is it somewhere in the middle? Like what what's the Silverman take on this wipe? So this is my fifth wipe. I'm gonna tell you this right now. <laughs> when I was so hard into Destiny, I had a few friends that were like, yo, we're playing this game called Tarkov, come try it. And it was like, I think my friend had like another account that he had. He was like, yeah, you could just come play. You don't have to buy, I'll, I'll, I'll let you play. I went in and I was like, I am never ever playing this game. I, was like, I hate <laughs> it. I'm not playing this shit. I was so fascinated at Destiny. And like, I was like, ugh, this is just not for me. And oh, then when I, I can got feel that. Potatoes, I was like, I'm in. I watched so much of Tarkov before I even played it at all. I was a hardcore Dr. Lupo enjoyer watching Tarkov. You know who Dr. Lupo is? Oh, of course. Of course, yeah. He, I watched... That's like a Mount Rushmore of gaming name right there. And you know where he... You know what first game he started on? Wasn't it Destiny? It was Destiny. That's who also I watched... It's crazy, man. Yeah, the progression of gaming has definitely come a long way. And that's cool being able to diversify because I always feel bad for the guys who make their bones on one game and then it's just like, well, have you going to play anything else? Like, I could play something else, but, you know, I, I need to keep my viewership up, so I got to stick with this. It's just like, oh, I feel for yeah. you. So that's cool that you're able to diversify. True, true. But coming back to your question, I would say this is probably just in the middle of wipes for me. Um, I stopped doing stopped doing tasks around like level forty, and a lot of uh, my friends have just actually recently bought PCs and gotten into Tarkov. So it's mainly I've stopped like going for myself, and I've just been just let all my tasks go, and I've just strictly been helping my boys and teaching them and getting them ingrained. And like if I find anything, I'm just giving it to them. You know what I mean? So. Right. It's more of like a Sherpa E role at the end of this one, but right. I enjoy it a lot. You're sharing your map knowledge, you're sharing your skills, your PvP, your builds, all that good stuff. So right. what about the Tarkov experience speaks to you? Is it the gunplay? Is it the maps? Is it the fact the game doesn't hold your hand in any way? Like what is your favorite aspect of Tarkov as it currently stands? A lot of those aspects. I was always wondering like why people love like dark souls and stuff so much and i tried a little bit and i was like i'm just not for me but like when it came to like tarkov beating my ass i was perfectly fine with it right um tarkov is the only game that has made my like anxiety and blood pressure and adrenaline rush as much as tarkov like no other game has done that and it still happens to me sometimes 
Oh my yeah, well, you have a heartbeat, like, so of course. They always think I'm I'm like nervous and I'm not. And fuck you to those guys who say that. You know who you are if you're listening to this. There's a lot of anticipation in that game. There's a lot of build up, especially when you're like you, you you're about to third party <laughs> someone. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the game has a way of just building tension, especially with the whole, like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to lose everything. You know, that aspect. It's like it also brings that fight or fight part into your brain. It's like, do I take this fight? Do I try to sneak around him? Like, how do I play this sneaky, stealthy, or do I just go for it? Like, all balls, no brains. Like, how do I play this? Right, and there's pros and cons to each of those ways that you can do it, and it's just like it's always a guessing game because it's like if I did this and I died, it's like damn, maybe I should have done the other thing. Like, right. why was I thinking that I should have done it this way? And then there's that gambling aspect of like one more stash. I'm like, I should just get out of here. I shouldn't risk any more. Like, I shouldn't be out here anymore. It's like I need to go for it. You know, it's the same thing as like opening up cases on CS:GO or going to a casino and going on roulette. There's that like that like ah that risk reward aspect of it. But also another thing that's made this wipe probably up there in like the top. Two, two to one, actually, maybe because of VoIP, man. VoIP has brought so much entertainment and literally tears of laughter to me that I can't even explain to you. So much funny content from VoIP. I was going to ask, as a content creator, how much of your content is influenced by VoIP? So I, I'm such, like, the funny guy, like... I just find the funniness in Tarkov and like all my clips are, a lot of my clips, like a lot of people are just posting like, oh yeah, I got double kill, triple kill. Ooh. I mean, those are cool. Don't get me wrong. But like, sometimes I sit back and I'm like, I'm not killing anyone in these videos. It's just me doing funny ass shit all the time or like getting funny VoIP conversations. <laughs> now in recent history, what is the funniest interaction you've had using VoIP on Tarkov? Funniest VoIP. Or your favorite. Um, yeah, the, there's well, this one that comes to mind, but just let me just double check in my, my brain vault. Um, okay, well, I'm going to have to say two. The first one, uh, I spawned into a scav, and and I'm, I'm with, I think I have my other friend with me, and we're running up, we're in reserve. Do you know the map reserve? Oh, yes. So in between the two night buildings, no, not in between, behind Black Knight before the Queen building, there's that little fireplace. Okay. There's a little fireplace. And so we were running past there and there's there's a bunch of dudes down there that look like player scouts. So we're running up and we're like, oh, hey, what's going on? What's going on here? And then they, they all gather around the fire place, <laughs> fireplace before we walk up. We're still running up to them. We see them like three guys. They, they get in a circle around the fireplace and they're just rocking back and forth. And we run up to them and we get into the circle with them. And this guy's just like singing this song. And I don't even know what song it is. And the, uh, one guy looks at me and just lays down on the fire and dies. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? Did he know that's happening? And the other guy, his friend, I guess, just like looks at me, says, yep. And then shoots me in the fucking head. <laughs> what a ridiculous awesome interaction oh it's fucking hilarious and then so that was the first one the second one me and my friend are in the bottom of reserve and we're on a pmc and we hear two people rush us and i clap the first one really fast 
me and my friend back up. <clears throat> Their duo jumps down, kills my friend, and gets on the other side of the wall for me. So we're standing there for about 10 seconds before I start to start voiping. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? And she's like, hey, you know, just hanging out. Killa's been killing me all day. I've just been losing kits all day. And I'm like, yo, she sounds kind of familiar. And <clears throat> my one friend tells me the dog tag that killed. And it's my friend that I know, Step on Me. That's her name. And I go, <laughs> Step, is that you? And she's like, what, are you cheating? And I go, no, dude, it's Silverman. We literally played two nights ago with Sushi. And she's like, no fucking way. I'm like, oh my God, get over here. Get your guy's stuff. I'll get my guy's stuff and we'll just get extract together. And it's we a, just went out and extracted together. It's it a big so community, but a small community at the same time. Yeah, that was so that was so sick. Now, was this the first time that you've encountered somebody you know in game without it being a pre-planned, like you know, meetup? That was the first time, but I will say, I got chased down by sushi. I met sushi through Void. <gasps> nice. So, me and the same friend who I was just with in the last clip. We were down in reserve again. I love reserve. Reserve is one of my favorite maps. I love going down into the bunkers and shit like that. I'm We're hanging out down there. Me and my boy here, all these guys clomping around, right? And I get stuck in the water. And in the water, you can't run. You can't jump. You're pretty much fucked, right? Right. So I'm trying to get away, and I hear this guy just run up to the wall and go, Hey, buddy, you're stuck in the water. And I'm like, and I don't point back right away. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I, like, go into this room where I'm pretty much, like, pinned down. And he and he's like, come on, bud. What are you, stuck in the water? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I point back to him. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then we, I, we eventually get away, and we fight them in another spot, and we kill them. The next day on Twitter, Sushi interacts with Legend, someone that I know from TikTok and that I'm also friends with on Twitter. And I remember his name, I Sushi. And I was like, oh, that was the guy I killed yesterday. And I fucking, <laughs> I fucking commented on it. I go, hey buddy, does Silvopsky ring a bell? Because before I changed my name to Silverman T TV on Tarkov, I was running Silvopsky strictly. And he's like, no way that was you. And then since then, dude, we've been fucking homies and run all the time. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So, most of the people and most of the interactions you've had with VoIP have been positive, would you say? Uh, I would probably say like 50-50 or like, okay. yeah, like 70-30. But as a streamer, you don't have people like voiping like racial things or anything like that, you know, to try to affect your stream though. Do you, have you encountered that? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's happened a few times for sure. That's unfortunate. I, I don't know if they know that I'm streaming, but it's just piece of shit. People who do it anyway. Right. That's just like their, their whole fucking personality. You know, you see it on Valorant you see it on CSGO. You see it. <laughs> unfortunately oh, in Tarkov oh, now. Yeah, you know, that's that's the one thing, being a CSGO guy, I'm really happy Valorant came out because it feels like a lot of those toxic dudes went to Valorant, so CSGO lobbies have been way more chill since it's come out, so that's like my one happy thing. I do like to play Valorant, but when I do hear fucked up stuff, it's usually on that game. That's why I don't play it as, more, as much as I used to. So, 
getting into all the stuff of streaming and managing Tarkov, do you find that it's a difficult balance to not only play the game, but also maintain, you know, a conversation with chat? Or was that something that kind of came natural for you? Because as a drummer, you know, you're used to like being all over the place, having all your limbs and use just moving over and interacting with chat, kind of an easy stretch for you while you're playing a game. Yeah, I feel like Destiny, streaming Destiny so much really got me ingrained of being able to look over and check chat and make sure like, that's one of my things like I really value a lot, like making sure I don't miss people's chat or making sure I like I read everything. Um, so there's parts in Tarkov though where I'm locked the fuck in. Oh, I bet. I'm not looking at shit. You know what, half the time, those motherfuckers are scaring me and doing loud ass noises in my ear the whole time with their goddamn channel points. So sometimes they, they, they don't need to be looked at for a minute while I'm trying to slay. So people that may not be familiar with your channel, can you tell us some of the channel point redemptions that somebody who could be new to your channel could redeem to <laughs> irk you in game? Do you have like the dropped grenade one, people yelling, like what kind of noise prompts do you have? Oh, we got a lot. We have everything from memes to uh, homemade video clips to, yep, Tarkov sounds as well. They like to do the really loud Tarkov shot. They, I have the, the Scavcom that goes for like 45 seconds. That's a big one they like to do because you can't hear anything on there. Oh, I hate that particular one. <laughs> yeah, the grenade one, I'll tell you, I'm desensitized to it fully. No matter, it's just everywhere. You know, everyone's got it. And I'm fully desensitized to that sound. They can drop it as many ones. I will never think it's a real grenade dropping on me. Awesome. So where where do you pick every wipe? Are you a bear guy? Are you a Usec guy? Which one do you go for and why? So in the beginning, I was going bear because it's, it's like their voice comms when you shout them out. It's like so intimidating. But I hated not knowing what they say ever and i still hate not knowing what the scabs say i want to know what they're everyone's saying um so i was bare for a little while now i am strictly usec chris for life are you going to make the switch now that nikita is hinting this new wipe will have a broken english bear i i'm the type of guy who doesn't everyone's like oh my god and we're all doing this i'm like i'm not doing this for a while Right. Maybe maybe in a wipe or two, but right now it's right. you set Chris or nothing. You're ride or die with you set Chris. Yeah, yeah. Chris is the, he's the really high pitched voice guy. So Cocksucker. Are you currently playing the new event on customs where every single boss is on the map? Bro, that shit is crazy. It's it's crazy. It's crazy fun. You ha it, you have to play it differently. Plus with the barters, you like rubles are non-existent and everything's a barter i have like nothing in my stash but the last i played on wednesday i was actually doing really good so i got a lot of shit in my stash back but dude that all the bosses there are nuts i the do fortress is so scary he really is i love how battle state and nikita are constantly keeping their player base on their toes be like oh you have all these rubles wouldn't that suck if you couldn't use them you know, it's like, it's always, you can't really get comfortable in, in Tarkov. To be, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable in this game. And that's something I love. What if they fully shift 
they make something else to get for rubles and everything's a barter. You know, I I would be interested to see that. I would be interested to play that. Because it, so, it fully switches up the whole game. Like it, everything is valuable now. It now really does. Rubles not nothing. It's for crafts, it, but like you can just buy it. And you got to think in a place like Tarkov, that's like you know a crumbled economy and come and like you know a third state. Like money, would money really be that sought after? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Only for I feel like it should be like for certain things to the traders, maybe because if you would need something, or you would just have to take it out of the game. Right. No, totally. Like maybe there'll be more of an emphasis on food because if you're a starving person in a place like that, like you're gonna want that Tashanka a lot more than you're gonna want rubles. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's one of those things. So if there was something in the game that you could change for like a quality of life standpoint or an in-game standpoint, whichever, what would it be? Or are you completely happy with the game as it sits? I just want an optimization overhaul. Like, and when you I know they're putting in like a video reflex and they're about to put in something else for the AMD, but the reflex didn't do really anything for me. Um... Yeah, just like on this lighthouse, still does not run great on me. Yeah, I have the same problem. Lighthouse and gaming on this on the same computer. So when I play offline, it is way better, but it could still be even better to where some of these other games are. So, for the people at home who might not know where to find you, what platform do you currently stream on? Do you stream on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook Gaming? Where Where does Silverman call home? Silverman has always called Twitch home. Even though they could treat their creators way better. But as of right now, see, I have a full-time job. So I uh, this is still a side gig for me. Totally. So when it comes to streaming on Twitch, do you find that your video is not as crisp as you would like it to be? Or did, did you go into certain settings and make that more appealable to you and your community? Uh, for like what do you mean I hear this constant complaint that like when people play Tarkov on Twitch it doesn't appear as crisp mm. as other platforms right. have you experienced those kinds of like you know viewers saying such things or have you noticed something to your level I, f I feel like it's so broadly known about the game that like no one says it because they're just used to it right um, maps like woods and shoreline at points where there's like a lot of foliage and stuff it's hard for twitch bitrate to keep up absolutely and, uh, but like maps like labs and customs customs like one of the most optimized ones it runs i feel like runs fine it all really all depends on this a lot of the time it depends on the streamer side as well sometimes it's not the game sometimes people just don't have the correct things in their obs and it's just making it look like shit right so as somebody that's been with the platform for a while, how long did it take for you to feel comfortable in the host setting of somebody who's like, you know, front and center, playing the game, giving the content commentary? Like, how long would you say for a new person getting in, would it take for them to get comfortable? I mean, it's really to each their own. Sometimes, like, I can be really out of my shell, and some days I can be like, not wanting to talk at all like i found myself just like not saying shit on stream and then i'm like dude why are you just talking at all like fucking say something you know what i mean Even right if you're just saying what you're thinking or asking nobody how their day is or whatever you gotta always be saying something 
Right, you got to be pushing the narrative. Years, years, still, still to this day. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. You got oh, 100%. Keep... I could see that. So, question for you, because you've been in bands, you've played on stage. Like, what would you say is more difficult for you personally, playing the drums on stage or being the person on camera playing a game? What for you brings more anxiety? Um, probably this, because it's been a while, probably the being on stage part, uh, it's just a different feeling. Like there's no other feeling than sitting in front of your drums, behind your drum set, right before you guys are about to fucking kick off the intro and everyone is just standing there staring, like waiting. Right. See, that's the one nice thing about Twitch is you just have a number. You're like, you know, oh, I have 50 people watching me. Those 50 people you don't have to stare into their eyes. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, like, there's been a show where (laughs) I fucked up and we had to stop because I forgot what we were doing. (laughs) So long ago. You know what I mean? Like, 17, 18, type shit. Like, we're all just, like, smoking blunts before we get on stage. Fucking... Being wild and boys get on to play our death metal set, and Great. Mr. Good Old Silverman just forgets what the next part is. You just went a little too hard, lost the set list. Yeah, <laughs> these I things happen. Think where I would play faster than we would, the song would actually be, and they would always have to tell me to slow the fuck down. Right, right. So, as a drummer, did you have a special relationship with your bassist, or is it one of those things where you didn't have a bassist in your band? No, there's always bass in the band. I felt like, I don't know. I always, I love the process of writing music. Like I, even though I can't play guitar, I still can like explain to them how I want them to do something. If they're like, what, what do you think should go after this part? Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I always found it with the guitar players more than the basses. The basses was always like relying on, like he would always go off of like what I was doing, but then I would always be going off of what the guitars were doing. It was like a full circle kind of thing, you know? Totally, totally. Well, the band's a living entity. Like, everybody's got to be in sync. So that's the cool thing about being a drummer is, like, you're literally sitting at the back so you can see exactly what everybody is doing. You know what I mean? So you can feed off of certain energies. Like, it's a very unique standpoint being a drummer, being in the back of a stage. Yeah, I fucking fucking love it, man. Oh, my God. Nothing feels like it. And I, I will be back there before I die, 100%. Oh, totally. So there's a game that I think you would be really interested in. I got to get the name from it, but I saw Aqua FPS play it. It's like Doom, but it's a rhythm-based game where there's metal music playing in the background, and if you shoot a creature with the tempo of the metal song in question, it gives you a damage multiplier. I've actually seen that, and I don't remember what the name is either. It's like It's very Doom-esque. Like, it's got the thing where you have, like, you know, the cool insta-kill, like, modes, interesting guns. You're like, you're a demon in hell, which is pretty similar to the Doom Eternal. So, I don't know. It seems like the rhythm-based games, this might be making a comeback if this one's successful. Now, if it was a successful thing, would you be excited to play games like that moving forward? Yeah, I would totally, uh, totally for sure take a look at it i used to like play all the weird shooters back in the day even if they were just like uh off things do you remember the game bullet storm i never played it personally but i rec- i know the name 
it was such a wonky shooter that like it was just so cool to me so i do like those offshoot shooter games like i'm a, I'm a big shooter at heart like that's like my main jam right so you play games on stream do you ever do music streams where you set up your drum set so i do i do play clone hero i do do a lot of clone hero sometimes but i have not yet set the, the kit up because i have acoustic set and i'm waiting to buy the electric kit as soon as i buy the electric kit then i'm going to be doing all drum shit I, it'll just be way easier i can just plug it right into my computer and then you can get everything that i'm hitting there it's just be way too much microphones and stuff with an acoustic set to do on stream totally no i i understand that completely so moving forward that's something that you're looking to putting into the rotation of your streams now is there any other thing that you're looking forward to in the future like what can people expect from the silverman streaming experience moving forward other than the purchase of an electric drum set uh i just would i would probably say um i don't know same thing that's been going on a lot of tarkov seeing how it is i'm gonna be going for kappa next wipe that's gonna be big um we're going to be yep, doing the drum stream, so I'm going to be doing request stuff as long as playing all my old band's music. And and then I'm going to be wanting to get... I'm trying to start a band. I've been trying to start a band for a minute. It's it's really complicated trying to get a bunch of dudes to do the same shit, but as soon as that gets on, those are also going to be streamed on the channel as well. That'll be cool. Yeah, it's so hard finding people in your same age group that have the same availability. Yeah, and there's not a lot of people in my age group that want to do it. So I have to find people who are like 10 years younger than me or less. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, it seems like the only people who are available are like the younger kids and the older guys who are like retired. Yeah, God, you're so you're what, like 34? Yeah, about to be 34. July. Me and OJ Simpson have the same birthday. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, uh, I turned 34 in April. Oh, nice. Well, happy belated birthday. And happy upcoming birthday. Oh, appreciate it, sir. Appreciate it. So, if you could give any piece of advice for somebody who wants to get into streaming or wants to get into playing music, what would be your advice for those two individuals? The big thing that has really helped me out and made it easier for me to complete tasks and do a bunch of shit if you still have a full-time job or you have stuff on the side that you're trying to do, make a schedule. Even if it's not a streaming schedule, set out time where you do nothing else but work on that. I guarantee you it will help you in the long run. If you make goals, and even if they're small, the smallest goals, everything that you complete will make you feel good. Like I have a whole notepad section in my iPhone where I write down everything I'm gonna do for the week and what I wanna get done because I only stream Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, and then the other days, like um, I edit my clips, I go back into my Twitch channel and I get everything done. I have make sure all the clips are gonna be ready to post for the week. So I have a set plan for each week of what I'm gonna do. And if you do that going forward, you'll have such less like being complicated mess in your head or like getting overwhelmed because I'm telling you, doing everything by yourself. I know a lot of people has like people do people's clips for them and all this other stuff. I only have people do like my artwork, like my logos, everything else I'm doing myself. So it, it can become a lot really fast. 
That's a smart way to do it. And then by having those short-term obtainable goals, like it actually feels like you're striving towards it. Like, oh, I accomplished this. I accomplished that. Because if you just, you know, you turn on live and your your only goal is to like make partner, like every day and every week you don't make partner, you could get down on yourself. Be like, I'm not there yet. So that's cool that you, you, you're recommending having like building up like achievements, like, you know, make progression. But it doesn't have to be huge leaps and bounds every single day and every single time. Yes, and you're allowed off days, and you're allowed to take days off as well. If oh, you need to. that is so, so like, huge. People try to push so hard, like, oh, my God, I said I was going to stream. I don't feel good, but I'm just going to do it anyway. And then it's just like a terrible, like, you just didn't do, you just weren't your best, you know? And it just you could tell. Because what's, what's worse, taking the day off or doing something you clearly don't want to do? Because when you're doing something you don't want to do, it's pretty obvious to the people watching, you know, that like, oh, he's not enjoying this or he's not having a good time. Or let's say you're up there and you're not, you don't want to do it. And then you're short with one of your viewers and then they like, well, fuck this guy. <laughs> you know, you can do more harm by streaming on a day that you're just not there. And everybody has those days. It's just, you know, not everybody takes that time, unfortunately. Exactly. But I will also say sometimes there have been days where I didn't want to stream and I did it anyway, and they've been some of the best streams of my life. It's funny how that goes, you know? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just fucking life, man. So when it comes to your personal approach to setting up and turning on the camera and going live, do you have a set routine you do every single time? Or is it one of those things where it's like, you don't have a set routine, you just you know do what you gotta do, and then you're there when you say you're gonna be there? No, it's a set routine, but I'm, I, I'm usually a little fashionably late almost every day. I like to be, I don't like to be on time for anything, except this, I was, we were always on time for this. We said three. Now yeah, three. you were very, you were very on time for this, that which is totally appreciated. That's the one thing about scheduling these things is like I, I watch these people on Twitch, and you contact them via Twitter, and you know you have an idea of who somebody is based off of what they present to you through their content, but when you actually reach out for that person and you actually schedule the time you're not sure who's going to show up you don't know if you're going to get the personality that you saw on the stream or if you're going to get somebody completely different who puts on that personality when they go live and that's why this show is so fun for me is because i get to you know i get to talk to these people and i get to try to like you know see the person behind like who they're putting out there and most of the time you know it's been very chill it's been very mellow it's been very fun sometimes you get people who are like for whatever reason they've never been on a podcast and they're kind of hesitant or scared and it's just like yeah, it's just me you shouldn't like <laughs> this has been my first podcast that i've ever been on yeah and i if you were to ask me if this was your first one i would not have guessed because you're talking you're keeping the ball rolling you don't seem nervous at all that's one of the reasons i don't like to live stream these and i don't like to have the camera on because when you have the camera on it completely changes the dynamic of just having a conversation it does does and then people you know I, I i put the ability to edit in here and you know, let's say like i've had people come on here and then they like made, made a joke and they're like oh i i didn't want to say that it's like not a problem but if it was live streamed you know you don't have that you don't have that freedom exactly i didn't say what my routine was oh yeah what is your routine this is this is what happens you ask me a question and then i go off on something else because i'm a fucking my brain can't handle it i do um, the same thing so my, my, my routine is uh, I'll start, I'll sit down, 
get everything set up, OBS, the stream deck, make sure all the levels are, are thing for the camera, uh, put on start starting soon, hit Spotify up, turn on my fucking stream playlist, and I hit go live, but I don't go on yet, and then I make my fucking energy drink, and I do my going live posts, and then I hit my my intro, my new EFT intro, and I rip a fat dab, and then I go into it. <laughs> I love it. I'm always smoking something during the intro. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, I think that's the thing most people do when they have like the starting soon. I I think very few people put the starting soon and they're like not in front of their computer just waiting, you know. For their intro song. When I press this? <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, you take your big deep breath in, you heat up that nail, you take your tab, and then you go to work, so to speak. Oh, dude, I fucking have a Puffco Peak. Do you know what that is? I do not. Please enlighten me. So a Puffco Peak is uh, an electronic smart rig. It's oh. probably like a f- two feet tall. Or, no, it's like a, probably like a foot. Or like, actually, I don't know. I don't know how big this thing is. It's like as big as my hand, pretty much. Okay, so it's it's a fairly good size. Yep, and it just has a, a nail in it, and you just print it to the the heat size you want, and you click it, and then when it's ready, you just drop it in, put the tap on, <laughs> do it, and then use a little Q tip at the bottom, and then you're done. We've come a long way from poking two holes in an apple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The evolution of stoners. We live in the time of the pen as well, the almighty pen. Oh yeah, the the pen with oil or what have you. Uh, yeah. yeah, those things hit really hard. Yeah, they do. I did one of those at the Oktoberfest party, and I like, I thought I was puffing tough, and then I died. Yeah, I do have a medical marijuana card as well, so. That's the nice thing about living in the great state of California, where everything is legal. Well, not everything, but uh, yeah. most things that you want to partake in. Oh, good old PA. Well, I should have figured that because of the Philly reference, the Phillies reference. So, and the John. I got to ask, as a Philly resident, do you like cheese whiz in your cheesesteak? Yes, but I don't. Yes, I'm a whiz without guy. So you walk up, you just say whiz without. That's all you got to do. Nice. Without is without the onions. I don't, I don't. I like onions. But I just don't really like them in cheese steak. Eh, everybody's different. Now, what is your? Do you have any weird things that you like in your cheese steak? Are you guys that like gets like mushrooms added in there? Or any like you know things that aren't like typical? Do you get anything outside the norm of a cheese steak? No, I'm a normal guy. Salt, pepper, ketchup, and I'm I'm some whiz and I'm with it, baby. I'm in it. <laughs> That's all you need, it, right there. It's on South Street. It's my favorite. Philly steak. <laughs> so if Nikita was to reach out one day and give Silverman an item in game, what would that item be? Fuck, dude. I, I've seen people ask that on Twitter and I don't I don't know what um It's a hard question. Um I don't want to say something weed related because I mean, like, I smoke weed, but I don't like make it my thing. Right. I think I thought you were gonna hit me with something like a drumstick or something. A, yeah, a pair of drumsticks or maybe like a pile of barbed wire. Ooh, that would be interesting. 
That's yeah. pretty metal. Yeah, there's like metal corrugated hoses and all that bullshit. Maybe you just need some fucking. I love barbed wire. I have barbed wire tat on me, and I just made my whole rebrand with barbed wire on the TSC. I just love it. I love the aesthetic of it. So I would say that yeah, drumsticks or like a pile of barbed wire. Nice. So are you looking forward to the hinted PvP mode on Terminal that Nikita and Battlestate have hinted at? Are you speaking arena? Yes. Well, they, yeah, they put out, they uh, introduced it. They put out the whole trailer and everything. Are you looking forward to it? I am, yes, very much so. Are you... Action is, I'm, I'm about it. Do you have a set team in mind for when Arena drops? Like, are you going to hit up Sushi and all them and try to make an Arena team? Or is this just going to be something you're going to jump into sporadically? I think I... Man, uh, my my homie, Mortimer Sword Guy, uh, he wants to make one with me, him, and Kay, and a few other people. So I think I might be ra- scrounged up into, with those guys. That would be pretty sick. So I've heard a lot of talk of people saying that Tarkov might make an entry into the esports realm based off this arena mode. Now, is that something that you would be for, against, and based off of where camp you lay in, why? Um, I just don't think it's a good idea until the game is fully released and they have... It's just not a good idea to put a a beta into esports like that just doesn't make sense to me right i could see that because what happens if there's a meta set for the beta and then like as we've seen battle state things are constantly changing in game like the economy is constantly changing guns are getting nerfed like i remember 556 was not exactly the preferred weapon caliber of choice this particular wipe like it's hard to establish those set metas when the game is so evolving and so constantly changing in a way that makes it very fun for like you know the casual gamer like me who's going on to customs with you know ragtag frankenstein rifles and builds but if you're like a hardcore set meta gamer who's trying to make this trying to make a name for themselves in esports that might be a little bit of frustration having to reinvent the wheel every time something changes yeah, it's just it's every wipe is something new. Like back when I first started, like the the SA fifty eight was the meta. Now it's just seven six two BP everywhere you go. You're just getting BP. <laughs> right, right. So, this being an interview show, I have to ask some hard hitting questions. Silverman, right. did you ever kill Santa Claus? Oh, dude, my fence rep right now is negative three. <laughs> So I take it you killed quite a few Santa Clauses and quite Dude, a few scabs. A few times, man. He killed my boy. I didn't know where he was. He was in a dark. We were in Goshen, in Interchange. He was very spooky. I couldn't see him. I had to open fire a few times. <laughs> it's totally fine. I totally understand. So what boss, if any, do you enjoy fighting the most? I will say Tagilla because he's a dum dum. <laughs> His mapping is a little strange, and he is kind of suicidal. Where it's just like, dude, I have a full RPK. Why are you running at me? Yeah, it's just really weird because sometimes he can be very scary. It's just like really on or off. It's weird. I okay. love Factory, and I love, I do like fighting him. The most boss I'm scared most of is, um, Gluhar. 
Oh, yeah, he can be a real pain in the butt. And Sani. Sanitar. Me personally, it's Killa, because I... He just always seems to just sneak up on me. He's just always hiding in the dark areas, and then the next thing I know, I see those white stripes, and I'm done. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's, it would be like Gluhar, Killa, Sanitar, who else? Rashala, Tagila. And so, Sherman's in there somewhere. What map is your current favorite in Tarkov? Um, current favorite map... Um, it's a hard hitter between Reserve, Factory, and Custy. That's a well-rounded map pool, though. I would say Factory, dude. I When I'm solo, I just straight run Factory. Totally. So, when it comes to all this talk of streets, is streets something that you're extremely looking forward to, or are you taking it as a, oh, it's just going to be another map? This isn't I'm not banking anything on streets. Dude, streets is supposed to be their creme de la creme, you know? Oh, yes. This is, streets is supposed to be what we've been waiting for since, like, the beginning. There's even rumors that when street drops, that's when the game is going to exit beta. I don't know if that's true. You know, that's just one of those rumors you see floating around, but it could mark a pretty substantial moment for Battle State. Yeah, and it's supposed to be just PMCs and bosses only. That makes it so interesting. Yeah. And the trailers that they've been putting out have been gnarly. So, being a fan of the looter-shooter game set, because Destiny's kind of a looter-shooter. You know, you go into raids, you kill, you take loot, and then you exit with said loot. Tarkov, kind of, you know, completely different, but same kind of concept. You're going in there, you're going into raid, you're going in there with gear, you're trying to leave with more gear. Have you played any other game in this genre, such as Cycle Frontier, which recently dropped for free on Steam and Epic, or Marauders that is currently in the testing phase? I've I played the cycle the first iteration and I didn't really enjoy it at all. When it was a why? Battle Royale or Did they change it? Yeah, Cycle Frontier is now uh it's now a looter shooter. Looter shooter, and you have to extract on the alien world. But it came yes. out like a few months ago when you could play for a little bit, and then it went away, and now it's back again, right? Yes, yes. Right. So when it first dropped, I played a little bit, and I just wasn't really feeling it. I just didn't really feel like how the guns felt, and it, it was just... Kind of like cartoony, was, too. Yeah, and if I was like, it's kind of like Destiny when you go to the hub, I'll just go fucking play Destiny. Right, and so Destiny scratches that itch that the cycle for you just doesn't doesn't meet. Yeah, the aliens just don't look that cool to me either. And that's another reason why I never played that GTFO game. I always thought, like, the aliens just, like, never looked done. Right, they, they're kind of cartoonish. Like, they just look like meatballs, those little Strider guys. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't for me. But people like it, and I don't knock shit that people like each to each their own, man. Totally. So... Being somebody who's been in the scene for a moment, is there any other streamer, like anybody you watch or respect or anyone in any community, it doesn't have to be Tarkov or Destiny or anything like that, is there any content creator that you would like to team up with to do some kind of event or some kind of, like, you know, co-op thing together? Hmm. I don't know. 
there are a bunch of people there are a bunch of cool people in the Tarkov community who I have not been able to play with yet are you saying someone like oh this could be anyone if you want to like be like oh I'd love to work with Tim the Tatman you know somebody in like the super high echelons feel free or if just anyone in general yeah, one day, me, Silverman, and the Ashman need to get some games going because two Philly boys need to get it, get it going one day. Ash IV, you know who that is? Yes, I've, he's actually been on the show. Yeah. Oh shit! Hell yeah, he's a he's another Philly man, and he's fucking a sick Tarkov content creator, content creator, and he's a musician himself. He got a lot of shit to comment. I, I love watching Ash. He has puts on a great production, and I would love to get some games with him one day. Absolutely. So we're getting close to our time frame. So, you know, we like to keep it between an hour, hour and a half. So, Roger that, 420. Holla at me, at me. Exactly. So this is your time to say whatever you'd like, whether you want to thank somebody who's helped you along the way, whether you want to give advice, whether you have a sponsor or an event coming up that you want to put out there. Now is your time to say whatever you would like. All right. Well, uh, you know, uh, I do be drinking a lot of energy drinks, but I finally quit and I'm fully on Advanced GG. So Advanced GG, if you're ever trying to, if you hear this and you're ever trying to holla at a new content creator, Silverman's got you on lock. You know, we always keep it locked here at the Silver Circle. But um, we're going to be doing a subathon soon. Date's going to be announced soon. Um, I would just say if you're really into it, don't ever put your goals down. Don't ever let your dreams go. And as much, if you really want it, you got to fucking work. And that's all there is to say. I mean that's that's pretty much summing it all up right there. So for your subathon, are you doing like every time somebody puts money and you're adding more time to the clock, or do you ha- are you thinking about doing just a set amount of time? Like no matter what happens, we're going for thirty six hours or however amount of time. Yeah, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be set because obviously I have a full time job I still need to do, and uh, so it's probably gonna be on a weekend. So it's probably gonna be like a set twenty four. The 36, maybe? Dude, I'm old, man, and I don't want to be the guy that I'm going into I'm only sleeping. You don't want to die on stream. I don't want to die on stream, and I don't want to have to be, like, going to sleep and it's still going. I want to be able to give my all into it, so I think a full 24, I could be able to do that. And I have a lot of crazy, wacky shit planned that a lot of inside joke stuff as well that'll be really funny. That's going to be awesome. I've done... something like this before once and i did a bunch of giveaways during it so i've planned on doing a bunch of giveaways as well perfect i love, doing that shit. I love giving shit away do you have any uh things that you're willing to disclose on this show that will be part of the giveaway but and if you want to keep it a secret not disclose anything that's also totally fine uh yeah secrets are are secrets are the way Perfect. So if you guys want to find out what Silverman's giving away for his subathon, go catch him on his subathon. And also, where else can people find you other than Twitch? Do you have a Twitter? Do you have the TikTok? Like, where can people consume Silverman content? You can consume all of me, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, yeah, it's Silverman with no E, T-S-C. Perfect. And when this episode drops, we're going to put links to all of Silverman's content in the description. So if you guys are interested in checking out Silverman, just scroll down, click the links, and enjoy. Other than that, I would like to thank you for taking the time out of your weekend for coming on Castle Comms. It's absolutely been fun having you on. Good, honest conversation. Blast. 
You're yeah. A great fucking host, man. I, you know, I try. This is one of those things where I'm just, I just try to direct the conversation. It's completely the guest. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just in the background. <laughs> you directed everything magnificently. I had a fucking blast and there was not a dull moment or where we weren't really talking, which is fucking sick. Absolutely. It's not bad for two people who don't know each other all that well. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, with that being said, I'm the 8-Bit Nobody. We've had the fun of having Silverman on the show. It's been a great weekend. Go outside, touch, and or smoke some grass. And we'll catch you all next time for episode 44. Keep it locked. Have a good day.